still can't get enough of that theme song, Joey Cleveland. Thank you very much. Welcome, folks. That's what G said podcast. Appreciate you downloading and listening to us here on this Monday, April the 22nd. If you hear some noises in the background this episode, it is because I have a couple listeners, couple some an audience in Bug sitting right on my left and the big man Rolly on my right. So if you hear any snoring or heavy breathing, that is likely my big boxer Rolly who uh, has curled up right next to the bottom of the chair here. And so I, I'm basically pinned in. Can't move with the big uh, the big Rolly man sitting right next to me. Hope everyone had a very nice Easter for me, my day. Let's see. I went early in the morning, had some breakfast with my dad's side of the family. So was there with my mom, my dad, my sister, my nana, uh, Uncle Rocco, Francis was there, Uncle Tino, and my cousins Amanda, Adriana, and her baby, and Javi. And so I got to spend the... Um, the morning with my dad's side of the family, breakfast over there, came back, and uh, afternoon, my mom's side of the family comes over, so we were with uh, my Aunt Kathy, my Uncle Ed, uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, and then my cousin Vicky's kids, Nate and Cassidy, Quesadilla, and uh, and Nate were over, and then my girlfriend Stephanie came by and hung out with the family. <laughs> it was great. Well, first of all, uh, if you don't know, I am the pickiest eater in the entire world. Very few pickier than me. Like cheese, like bread, loves cheese bread. It's basically uh, my motto that my old roommate James used to say. Anything with pizza, cheese fries, quesadilla, nachos, just, you know, different combinations of cheese and bread. Love breakfast. If I can get breakfast all day long, bacon and eggs, hash browns, waffles, pancakes, uh, lo- love breakfast, but never had a steak or uh, actually a-, a bacon wrapped one or two, but never... I would never choose to order one or a burrito or a taco or a hamburger or really much of any kind of like meat at all. And I'm not really a vegetarian either. So uh, you'd say, oh, okay, so you're a healthy eater. Well, no, no, not at all. I'm just a, a specific and a picky eater. So holidays are always fun because when everyone's having the the turkey and the ham and the prime rib and the big spreads, I'll have a roll or two, maybe some corn. And then at the end of the day, I'm looking for whatever's open on the holiday. So I'll generally go to like Shakey's Pizza or some some pizza place and grab something, uh, whatever uh, whatever's open for me. So usually I'm the picky one eating uh, eating that way. But uh, yesterday we had some fun. We played a game uh, at the end of the evening. It's called Cards of Humanity. If you haven't played this game, it is foul. I mean, this is an X-rated game, folks. And this is this my sister introduced me to this game. So this is the quote on the website about the game. It's a party game for horrible people. Unlike most of the party games you've played before, Cards of Humanity is as despicable and awkward as you and your friends. This thing is raunchy. It's disturbing. It's hilarious. Um, it is definitely a good drinking game or a fun game to play with some people that you're comfortable with. Uh, my girlfriend who was meeting, uh, my aunt and uncle for the first time, they all have great sense of humor. So everybody was fun. It was, you know, it was, but it's so funny. The things you have to read off of the cards out loud are just like bad, bad stuff. <laughs> Curse words, parted, like just horrible. It's, it's, it's funny. It's funny, but it's, it's lewd. You gotta, you gotta make sure it's in the right, uh, it's in the right setting. When you're playing the old cards of humanity, but uh, Uncle Ed got the victory. You basically have to just uh, 
put down It's almost like a Mad Lib type thing um, One person will put down uh, A topic or a, like a phrase Or some sort of a prompt And then everyone responds with one of their cards To maybe make it funny or serious Or try to hit the person um, that Say something that will Personally affect the Oh, the the whoever's turn it was so pretty fun game to get involved in, and then right as everybody left, I'm sitting down getting ready to watch Game of Thrones. There is my house just starts shaking. There is a helicopter flying right over my house in Temple City. The place is shaking, and it is loud. And then all of a sudden, there's a couple cop cars parked on the street. And there's flashlights everywhere Cops are running through backyards Shining flashlights looking for someone For about an hour um, Somebody um, I guess from escaped from a Police state or some, something they were looking for And it was it was crazy for about an hour But then they found him and everything was back Just fine back But for that hour man it was crazy I'm sitting there I'm trying to watch Game of Thrones I can't because the house is shaking It's so loud can't even put headphones on So that that frustrated me. We will have some spoilers and we'll talk a little Game of Thrones at the very end of the episode. So just a heads up, if you want to f- um, skip ahead to a specific um, segment, we will be we'll do the on this day, a little bit of history next. Then we'll talk some MLB, some baseball, um, and and we'll go through the whole league. And then we'll at the end we'll kind of really deep into the Dodgers, um, some horse racing news, some of the Kentucky Derby, um, horses training, working, when they're going to be uh, making their trips over to Churchill Downs, and the plans for them, and some of the jockeys, and then we'll close things out with some Game of Thrones quick thoughts. Remember, folks, subscribe on iTunes, and leave me a nice five-star rating and review with a, and a comment if you can. Those are really, really huge for me. So if you just have a few seconds... It just takes a click. If you have iTunes already, if you not, if not, subscribe for an iTunes account. You can get so many free, good podcast shows. Anything you want on iTunes, it's it's incredible. If you don't have it, just a, a huge library of content. But if you do, just a quick rating, review, comment, boom, it helps me out so much. It's like what is able to get me more sponsorship, moving up the iTunes. Um, ratings and just is going to help put more money in my pocket just from a, a click or two from you. So if you can, always appreciate that. Um, and then uh, this morning, I was excited because I saw I live right down the street from St. Luke's in Temple City, and it was the great. It was where I went from kindergarten through eighth grade, a private school, and. Every year they have the big school fiesta with all the rides and the games and the food booths. And so all week long you get to see the rides being set up. You get out of school a half day on Friday. And then for me, I live down the street. So I was literally there the whole weekend. I was just camped out all Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So much fun. And now, obviously, I spend a lot of my time uh, when, I, when I go down there uh, in the evenings in the beer gardens. But I'll still jump on a ride or two. Uh, last, last year we went on the zipper Gravitron uh, They usually have the Sea Dragon That's another That's another one of the uh, the classics But I saw them setting them up uh, all the rides today So whenever I get to see the You know you Such a, a nostalgic age right now And just kind of a A, um, a generation A lot of uh, I'm 32 So for me um, Lots of remakes of shows, movies, anything Anything that That uh Gives you the feels it Tickles you a little bit right in that feel spot Right where you remember something when you were young And that's what when I see those rides Getting set up today it's at St. Luke's Fiesta So if you're around uh, in Temple City 
um, let me know. I'll be down there probably either Friday or Saturday night. We'll go I'll go down to the beer gardens, have a have a beer or two, hit up a ride or two. So if you're in the area, come on by and say hello. Let's move on this day. We'll move on to on this day. You're probably going to get annoyed with how much I sing that on this day song for this on this day segment. But let's be honest, Edge theme song, one of the greatest wrestling theme songs of all time. Uh, on this day.com, good website. If you want to check out some uh, histor- uh, historical facts of each day of the year, April the 22nd, Robert E. Lee was named commander of the Virginia forces, the controversial soldier, American and Confederate soldier, uh, Confederate States Army commander, and just one who was uh, great in battle with when he was outnumbered many times. But uh, just awesome uh, to read about. Very interesting um, and, and very controversial back and forth, but uh, intriguing. If you have a minute to look up Robert E. Lee. How about in 1864, the U.S. Congress push, uh, passed legislation that allowed In God We Trust to be included on the one and the two cent coins. 1876, the first National League baseball game took place. Boston beat Philadelphia. We're talking a lot of baseball on this episode, and that's what she said. The first shot of the Spanish-American War occurred in 1898 on April the 22nd. 1915, the New York Yankees wore pinstripes for the first time. Those iconic New York Yankees uniforms, 27 World Series titles for the Yanks. When you talk about the most well-known franchises in all of sports, you're talking about what? The Yankees, the Cowboys, the Lakers... I mean, people say the Knicks, but maybe the Knicks, maybe the Celtics, just because legend, legendary, but from a uh, Dodgers, maybe, but from just a, yeah, I think Yankees, Cowboys, probably Lakers on a, on a different tier, just from, and then when you talk football, football has a lot um, more as it's kind of changed recently, obviously, you're, you know, Patriots and stuff, but I think the Cowboys are still, are still the one. Um, 1970, the first ever Earth Day in America. Can you hear now Rolly snoring in the background? You're the rolly man snoring. Uh, Barbara Walters became the first female nightly news anchor in 1976. And in 2010, the NFL draft was aired in prime time for the first time. So on this day, a little bit of history for you on the previous April 22nds over the last over the last years and years and years. Back to Robert E. Lee. Okay, I make the transition over to baseball now. Let's we'll start in the uh, in the American League, and we'll start in the American League East. Red Sox with a huge sweep over Tampa. It was a big series early on for Boston, and in a Friday game, they got the go-ahead home run from Betts. Through 19 games, they had the worst run differential ever for a defending World Series championship team. They were not dominant this weekend, but they got three much-needed victories by a total of just four runs. All tight games, but they were the better team. They executed better. They needed that. Now they're 9-13. and 13. They've won 7 out of 12 after a 2-8 and eight start. They're still five games behind Tampa, but they did get to Jose Alvarado twice. That was the first time all year Alvarado's been scored on, and they got to him two different times in that three-game series. So a big weekend for the Red Sox. Uh, so Red Sox fans, I'm sure a lot of you are breathing a little sigh of relief. Obviously, in baseball season, it's very early. It's a long season. But you didn't want to go to, you know, 6-15, uh, 16 
or, you know, getting getting that three wins over the weekend was very big for the Red Sox. How about the Yankees? The Yankees injury woes. Aaron Judge with the oblique. He could be out anywhere from a month to two. Uh, Aaron Hicks, Stanton out. Didi Gregorius, Andujar out. Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, Dylan Batantis, Jacoby Ellsbury, Troy Tulowitzki, Greg Bird, all on the injured list. 13 players on the injured list. And that is not just randos. We're talking all-stars in a who's who for the Yankees. Uh, one of their top pitchers, a legitimate arm in their bullpen. And, I mean, we're talking all-stars. Judge, Stanton, Didi, uh Ellsbury, Tulowitzki, these guys, those two have tons of previous injury history, but when everyone else is injured, it'd be nice to have, you know, an Ellsbury or a, or a Tulowitzki filling in a little bit right now. The Yankees have been surviving though so far. Um, and uh, once they get healthy, they're going to be tough, but that's one of the worst bouts of a, a team facing injuries that I can ever remember seeing right now. For the Yanks. And then if you don't know who um, who Matt Shoemaker is, really, really sad story about Matt, um, who in five games and 28 innings pitched, had 24 strikeouts and only nine walks with a 1.57 ERA and a .87 whip. And he had a torn ACL the other day. Now he is done for the season. He is... Uh, one who used to play for the Angels, if you remember, he got hit in the head with a line drive and he had to have brain surgery to stop bleeding and swelling. Um, he was able to bounce back, but just a really, really sad stuff for Matt Shoemaker, who had just an incredible start to the season. And you, you hate seeing that when someone who has had so many injuries to deal with, he had a great rookie season for the Angels back in 2014. And uh, he tweeted out, words cannot describe my frustration, but I will continually remain positive and get through this, being better than before. This is heartbreaking, but I guarantee you staying positive through this whole thing and we'll continue to fight. Uh, All I want to do is go out there and battle with my boys and win, and it's devastating when that gets taken away from you. But like I said before, I will stay strong and positive and get through this. God has a plan for everything, and we might not know what that is at this time, but continue to trust. Love you all, and thank you for the amazing support. That was from uh, Matt Shoemaker. Real bummer, and I hope... He is able to uh, to get better soon. Some uh, really good article that I, I read on, and I tweeted out. It's on halohangout.com, and it talks all about his history with the Angels and just some of the unluck, uh, unlucky injuries he's had because whenever he's been healthy, the guy has been very, very good and just had a great start to the season too. I actually had him on my fantasy team, um, just picked him up because he wasn't someone going into the year that I think even um, was drafted on a lot of teams. But uh, real real uh, unfortunate news for uh, for the injured Matt Shoemaker. About the Twins, three in a row. Top the AL Central right now at 12-7, and seven, led by Eddie Rosario with nine home runs, 20 RBIs, and an 867 slugging. Polanco playing well right now with a 362 average and a 430 on base. And Jose Barrios looks like he's taking that next step. 2.97 ERA, .93 whip, 33 innings pitched, 33 strikeouts, and just eight walks. Another team in the... Uh, American League is playing well right now. The Rangers, they've won two in a row, quietly playing some good baseball. They're 10-4 and four at home. They um, 
uh, won two or three from the Astros after sweeping the Angels. Elvis Andrews with a 363 average, 29 hits and 15 RBIs. And Joey Gallo, who in over 1,250 at bats prior to this year, he is a career 208 hitter. Just one, uh, one of those players who is a feast or famine type, big home run hitter. But he's hitting 280, 281 right now with eight home runs and 22 RBIs. I'm sure the average won't hold up, but um, when Joey Gallo is giving you a little bit extra like that, uh, that's why you're able to win some games. The Mets, they lost a couple games recently, but with DeGrom, we did find out that the last few days, the news on DeGrom was really bad. The barking, uh, elbow barking, and then right back the next day, he was playing catch, and now it seems like he might start on Friday. The MRI results came back negative, so um, if DeGrom's fine, that is huge, obviously, for the Mets. It would be a big loss for them. His last couple starts haven't been great. His first two were very good. Um, last two weren't quite DeGrom, so maybe there was a little something wrong, and uh, just the missing a start or so, or missing a start or two may help him in the long run. Pretty competitive NL East and NL Central as we expected and as everyone kind of had advertised. The Phillies, the Mets, the Braves, and the Nationals, they're all at 500 or over. They're all separated by just one game in the loss column. And then the same thing really in the NL Central where the Pirates, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Cubs are all 500 or over. And the Pirates are leading the way 12-7, and seven, dominant pitching as expected from Pittsburgh. Jameson Tallinn. 26 innings pitched, 3.12 ERA, uh, just a 1.12 whip with 20 strikeouts and 6 walks. Trevor Williams, 24 innings pitched, 2.59 ERA, 1.03 whip, 17 strikeouts, 5 walks. How about Chris Archer in the 23 innings he's pitched with just a 2.74 ERA and a 1.13 whip, 26 strikeouts, 9 walks. Joey Musgrove in 22 innings, a 0.81 ERA, a 0.76 whip, 21 strikeouts, 4 walks, and Felipe Valdez out of the bullpen, 10 innings pitched, no earned runs, and a 1.13 whip, 18 strikeouts, just 3 walks, and 6 saves for the Pirates. They're getting good innings from Jordan Lyles, and this is a team who doesn't need a ton offensively when you're getting that type of, uh, those types of outings repeatedly from your starting pitchers, so the Pirates have been very impressive. Let's see how long that starting pitching can hold up. But they were projected to have a very good starting staff going in. So I would not be surprised to see them pitch well deep into the season in a very competitive NL Central division. If you didn't see some of the great plays this weekend, Freddie Galvis from Toronto, a shortstop, he made an incredible barehanded catch over his head going backwards into the outfield Unbelievable! Just look up Freddie Galvis. You'll see it. Lorenzo Cain made a great play on Justin Turner in Milwaukee, and Ramon Laureano for the uh, the A's. He made an unbelievable play climbing the wall to uh, to take a home run away. And then Bellinger did it late in the game. He took a home run away from Christian Yelich, and Bellinger comes up and he hits a home run and ends up winning the game for the Dodgers. And that'll transition over to the Dodgers and the Brewers, and you know. They are, they have become a really fun rivalry. They played each other in seven out of the last ten games, three in Milwaukee, uh, three in LA, and four in Milwaukee. And the series is actually tied four three. Remember, they went to a sev- uh, game seven in the um, the NLCS to get to the World Series last year. The Dodgers had to beat the Brewers to get there, and um, we saw three games 
where in the in the NLCS last year that were decided by one run and a 13 inning game. You know, this year the Dodgers lost 2 of 3 at home to the Brewers, but then they won 3 of 4 on the road. They have scored exactly 27 runs each in the games they've played against each other this year. And we've seen Hader and Kenley, the very dominant closers for the Brewers and the, jo- the Dodgers, be uh, get, get scored upon. The guys who sometimes are nearly perfect, they've shown that with all these reps now and with these two teams seeing each other a lot that these guys are not without fault. And you can get to a Kenley and you can get to a Hater with a good at bat. How about the comparison between probably the two best players in baseball through the first you know, 20 games or so? Cody Bellinger. With a 424 average, 11 home runs, 28 RBIs, 36 hits, four stolen bases, a 500 on base percentage, 882 slugging, uh, 1.382 OPS, 13 walks, and 12 strikeouts, and 885 at bats for Cody Bellinger. And then you have Yelich, 353. He's hitting with 13 home runs, 31 RBIs, 30 hits, three stolen bases, a 456 on base percentage, and an 859 slugging, 1.315 OPS, 16 walks and 15 strikeouts, and 85 at bats. Pretty eerily similar numbers for two incredible players right now. And they're both excellent defenders. Bellinger at first base and right field, Yelich in right field, but he's also played center field and left field for a game each. Cody is first in the NL in batting average, runs, on-base percentage, slugging, and OPS, and he's second in home runs, RBIs, and stolen bases. If you haven't watched a lot of Dodgers games or just like baseball in general this year, when you see Bellinger or Yelich go up to bat, it's one of those stop what you're doing and watch moments right now. They are that hot. So if you ever see them coming up on, you see an alert, turn it on because it's fun. They are just seeing the ball so well right now. The Dodgers overall... I have an excellent on base percentage of the team. Cody B, 500. Seager, 365. Turner, 372. Jock, 389. Kiki, 370. Barnes, 344. Verdugo, 358. And Freeze, 389. And uh, with Cody leading the way, just on absolute fire right now. We've had a hot start for Jock, who has 10 home runs and 16 RBIs. How about Kiki? With 5 home runs, 14 RBIs, and 13 runs, and uh, for 1,000 OPS, and Verdugo, 333 with three home runs and 13 RBIs. They're kind of carrying the way. But what's nice for us Dodger fans out there is we know that there's better to come from Turner, who's only hitting 260 without a home run yet. Better to come from Seager, who's only hitting 265. Freeze is only hitting 241. Pollock's only hitting 238. He does have 14 RBIs. And Muncy's only hitting 233, but he does have five home runs and 14 RBIs. You would think that most of those numbers, those batting averages, will come up a little bit. And um, if that's the case, this Dodger team will be very, very solid all throughout the season. The pitching staff with uh, Rich Hill coming back soon um, will be starting Sunday at Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers have started Ross Stripling in 29 innings. He has a 3.07 ERA and a 1.06 whip. Maeda's thrown 23 innings. He's got a 3.8 ERA and a 1.27 whip. Ryu's thrown 20 innings. He has 23 strikeouts and two walks. 
With a 3.1 ERA and a .98 whip Urias threw 19 innings With 22 strikeouts and 7 walks 3.6 ERA and a 1.07 whip Bueller, he's the only one Who's really struggled early on But even even so, his whip is only 1-2 5.4 ERA And 17 strikeouts with 6 walks And 18 innings He did get lit up a couple times Kershaw in the 13 innings now And his 2 starts back 13 strikeouts Four walks and a 2.7 ERA with a .85 whip. The Dodgers are now 15 and nine with a plus 24 run differential. They have the second best record in the NL, only behind the Pirates. And this actually includes a six-game losing streak for the Dodgers with a plus that run uh, with that run differential. Um, they are third in the league overall and first in the National League. So uh, a very nice start to the season for the Dodgers and uh, for the Brewers. They're a very good team. They're fun. I think they they're about a a pitcher away. It seems like they're just maybe a starter away, and their bullpen isn't quite as strong as they were last year. But the plus twenty nine run differential for the Dodgers, yeah, that's only behind Seattle and Tampa. So uh, a very nice start for. The Doyers Before we get into The horse racing part of this Episode, I want to let you know that It is sponsored by calltopost.com Right now you can sign up for free Membership at calltopost.com Membership means you are a part of the Call to post community Where you can interact with other handicappers Internal handicappers um, You'll share selections You can ask or answer questions You're going to get first look at new horses When they are available for purchase And for shares to be purchased And you're going to have the chance To get involved in handicapping tournaments With prizes I will be playing in those folks I just signed up myself for membership It is free right now When you go to the website Calltopost.com Free lifetime membership Just sign up and follow the steps to the call to post Slack channel. Horse racing news, very good follow uh, where I got a lot of this information from on Twitter at Derby Media. So you'll get a lot of information about the Kentucky Derby works, connections, horses coming in, probables for races. And speaking of probables, how about Improbable, who is one of the Kentucky Derby contenders who worked today without the blinkers, breezed a half mile in 48. Everyone seemed very happy with him. Actually, Baffert, Bob Baffert flew out for the work, which is always a positive sign. Long range toddy, breeze five furlongs in 102.60. By my standards, work six furlongs in 112.80 with Gabriel size aboard. It was a, a pretty strong work for him. He's had a little more time off than uh, a lot of these runners who have a more uh, recency, have raced more recently. Tac- Tacitus, four furlongs in 50. Not really a fast worker. He's, from what they said, he just does what his, uh, what his company does. Um, Country House galloped. He will work on Sunday. No rider confirmed for him yet. Master Fencer flies in from Japan to Chicago on Tuesday. He will have to spend 42 hours in quarantine. Omaha Beach, they put a new patch on the quarter crack of his on Sunday. Um, not that big a deal. Something that he's dealt with before. You never like to hear of issues with horses that are the prohibited Kentucky Derby favorite, but this is something that he has dealt with before. And uh, he galloped a uh, mile. And a half on Monday Plus Cape Carfay scheduled to walk a day after his half mile breeze on Sunday Game winner and roadster will ship to Churchill on April 24th or April 27th Says Baffert Number 23 on the points list Another twist of fate galloped a mile Sueno galloped at a two minute clip That's number tw- He's number 24 
And then let's go through the uh, the riders right now. By my standards, with Gabriel Sai as aboard, Code of Honor will be ridden by Johnny V. Country House, Cutting Humor, no jockeys yet. Game winner, Joel Rosario. Grey Magician, no jock yet. High Cal, Rajiv, Murag, uh, Improbable, Irad Ortiz Jr., Long Range Toddy, John Court, Master Fencer, Julianne LaPeru, uh, Maximum Security, Luis Saez, Omaha Beach, Mike Smith. He had to make that big decision where he picked Omaha Beach over Roadster. Plus K Carfe, written by Ricardo Santana Jr. and Florent Giroux, is now going to be written by Roadster. Uh, Florent Giroux will now be aboard Roadster. Roadster will be written by Florent Giroux. Spinoff. Manny Franco will be aboard. Tacitus, uh, Jose Ortiz will be aboard. Tax, Junior Alvarado will be aboard. Vacoma, Javier Castellano will be aboard. War of Will, Tyler Gaffleone. Win, 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 Julian Pimentel. So those are your uh, jockey assignments right now. Some other news in the world of horse racing. Tyler Bays will be riding at Churchill Downs through June the 29th. We know Tyler Bays from his years out here on the West Coast. Wishing Tyler the best of luck as he heads over to Churchill for the next few months at least. Scott Lake became the sixth trainer ever to reach the 6,000 win mark. That is huge. He, uh, at one point, had 287 horses in training at seven different tracks. He won 528 races in uh, in 2006. He was only the second trainer ever to win 500 in a year. A lifetime winning percentage of 21%. And the only, uh, the names that he's behind, Del Baird, Steve Asmussen, Jerry Hollendorfer, Jack Van Burr, King Leatherbury, and Scott Lake, um, it's not a bad list to have your name on uh, on with those folks. Led North America and wins four times. Six times was second behind Asmussen. And um, we'll be celebrating that 6,000th victory now. So congratulations to the connection to Scott Lake and to uh, a lot of the owners and jockeys who have helped him along the way. Michael Rona will be announcing at Arizona Downs, uh, May the 24th is their opening day. The old Yavapai Downs will be racing. Michael Rona and Santa Anita are going to be down to just three days a week, unfortunately. For the next five weeks, they've canceled Thursday. So they'll be running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I do think that's better for the racing, for the horses, for the track, for the betters, because the races should be more full, fuller fields. And Santa Anita... While we give them a lot of negatives, they, um, they've they done a, a somewhat of a positive now and they've bo- uh, boosted the purses. There's going to be a $1.5 million purse increase coming now over the next six weeks. And that will hope to try to keep a lot of the connections in town because unfortunately with all the stuff happening at Santa Anita, cancellations, not people not knowing about the racetracks, small fields, races not filling – a lot of owners and trainers that have the opportunity and the means to have been shipping horses out of town. If jockeys have the opportunity to go out of town and pick up mounts, they've been doing so. Um, so hopefully the the purse boost will help with uh, with Santa Anita and the fields and will help to uh, to kind of turn the tide a little bit. It's been a, a unfortunately a really negative um, last know, four or five months, but it's been it's been really years to be honest. Can't can't sugarcoat it, folks. In, in Southern California, it's been trending in a bad way for uh, for quite some time. But hopefully, we can uh, can at least get a little bump with these purses over the next uh, six weeks or so. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Just some quick hit Game of Thrones thoughts. Now, I've never read the book, so um, I'm sure a lot of you who are big Game of Thrones fans know a lot more about the history of the world of Game of Thrones and. Uh, the backstories and a lot of things that happened in the books that didn't. So I just give you some of my quick thoughts and quick hits. 
Tormund is just so damn funny. I love him. He's he's quickly becoming my favorite character. He's always been good, but now he's around a little more, and you can tell. I think they've realized what a great character is it he is, and they've given him a little bit more. Brienne saves Jamie's life. Really, she vouches for for Jamie, and then later in the episode, we have this great moment where Jamie returns the favor by knighting Brienne, and she becomes Sir Brienne, and it was a really cool. Um, scene and it was obviously very powerful and it meant a lot to Brienne and we got to see Jamie, who was in the first episode ever of Game of Thrones this horrible character who's pushing a kid out the window and you know it's hard to not be a little graphic when you're <laughs> talking about Game of Thrones because you have to just say some of the things that happen in the episode and you know he's sleeping with his sister right off the bat in the first episode we see but Jamie's character arc has just been incredible and to see him and and who he's turned into and what he's become um, it just shows you what a great show this is And what a great job the writers have done um, Making really everything Kind of come full circle We saw the Sansa and Danny interaction Where Daenerys wanted to try to Get on Danny's good side And they were things were going well for them But the, they started to talk And we've saw, we've, we heard this come up a few times In different conversations But what about after? Everybody's talking about what's going to happen right now with man. Rolly is really snoring now in the background. He's nice and comfortable. He uh, was talking about what's happening right now, and a few folks are saying, "Well, what's going to happen after? Let's say we beat we beat the the dead, the White Walkers. We survive. Then what happens? That's what Sansa's asking. And then later on in the episode, when John tells Danny, "Yeah, you know what? I am Aegon Targaryen, and um." I am actually supposed to be the supposed to be the heir to the Iron Throne, and and Danny's reaction obviously was well, you know, you heard this from your friends and this and that, but we didn't really get enough yet from Danny. Uh, but it's just I the the when in those interactions, I I wasn't getting a good feeling about Danny's future as this revered queen who everyone loves and bows down to and wants to follow. It, it just seems like it's going to be difficult in the north for Danny. We saw Arya, Arya and Gondry and Gendry. I was Arya and Gendry. Come on, Arya and and, uh, and Gendry. Arya's first time getting it on, huh? Arya going for what she wanted. She hey. What was great about the episode is It was an episode the night before The battle right and you you We got to see what everyone would want to do And experience the night before what could be Their last night in the world And Arya Has grown up now she's a young woman She's never experienced any kind of Intimacy or love and that's what she wanted With someone that she was close to Arya and Gendry That was Probably one of the things that I think people were talking about Most Coming out of this episode There's something going on with Theon and, uh, and Sansa I don't know if it's just a Who knows And But Theon If he's still around at the end I don't know there, There's something There's something a little a little there we'll, we'll, Maybe we'll revisit that in, in weeks to come It just felt like a goodbye to so many characters Right uh, Especially like Grey Worm He's talking about his future and living on these beautiful beaches and this and that. Just so many people seem like they got a little closure. They had an interaction. They wrapped something up. And I wonder how many of these major characters or semi-major characters won't make it through next week's episode. There was no Cersei in this episode, which uh, is a little bit interesting. Um, But we will obviously see more of her to come. 
and and just Arya in, in general, how much we've seen her grow up from the very beginning when she's a little girl shooting the arrows and her whole journey by herself, all the the different places she went, and now she's a grown woman. That just it's what happens when a show goes for eight years and encompasses, you know, a decade of, of actors' lives and characters' lives. So um when when there's a show like this that goes on for so long, you're able to really see people grow up in front of your eyes. And we've seen that now with Aria. Folks, thank you very much for listening to That's What G Said. We will have at least one, maybe two more episodes out this week. We'll see what's happening. We'll continue to uh, keep you updated on horse racing news. And uh, we'll keep watching the NBA playoffs. We'll keep talking some baseball and anything else that's going on in the world of sports. Would love if you ever have any um, dates that are coming up for uh, on this day, anything cool that happened in history, anything you want to share with me, let me know if there's ever anything interesting going on with one of your teams, any stories. If you ever find a cool article that involves sports movies, um, any of the topics that we discuss on here, send it my way. I'll always give you props. I'll give you a shout out. Um, anything that, that is interesting or you think, um, I would like, Please send it on over. Remember, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, Stitcher, Spreaker, anywhere where you have your podcast, look up That's What G Said and uh, those iTunes reviews. Those are huge. So if you can leave me a nice five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. Thanks a lot, folks. That's What G Said. 